Welcome to A New Creation. I'm Phyllis, and thank you for joining me today. Every episode of A New Creation is commissioned by the Holy Spirit. It is new, and it is from God. Last week, I shared a scripture which resonated in my spirit when the Holy Spirit answered my prayer as I was seeking his counsel in the midst of making a major decision. He shared Psalm chapter 34, verse 8. And for those of you who were not here last week, or those of you who were here, I just want to remind you what the scripture says. It says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blesses the man who trusts in him. This week, the Holy Spirit unveiled a greater revelation of this particular scripture. And he said to me, You're going to experience how so sumptuously good the Lord Jesus is when you fully trust him with your whole heart. Did you hear that? The scripture just says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blesses the man who trusts in him. But the Holy Spirit said that a, a greater revelation, through a greater revelation of the scripture, that I'm going to experience how sumptuously good the Lord Jesus is, but it's when I fully trust him with my whole heart. Now, look up the word sumptuous because that's the word that he gave me. You spell it S-U-M-P-T-U-O-U-S. And it means splendid, magnificent, grand, plush. I was so elated, very excited, and I couldn't stop smiling. It reminded me of Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10, which reads, The joy of the Lord is my strength. And that's how I felt when the Holy Spirit shared that with me. It made me so ebullient, so happy, and it just gave me so much strength inside. Remember, the Holy Spirit is our prophetic teacher. And Jesus describes some of the works of the Holy Spirit in John chapter 14, verse 26. And I'm going to read you the English Standard Version of the scripture. It reads, this is Jesus speaking, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he would teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. See, the Holy Spirit, in his teaching ministry, he revealed to me to fully trust God with my whole heart. And what he meant by that is, when you are to fully trust God with your whole heart, it's for your lifestyle to be actually living out the greatest commandment. And you are to live out the greatest commandment before men. Now, some of you may ask, what is the greatest commandment? So let's explore that for a moment. In Matthew chapter 22, and it's verses 36 through 40, and I'm going to read the NIV version of the scripture. It's when Jesus was asked by a Pharisee. It reads, teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets 
hang on these two commandments. Today's episode of Phyllis's New Creation is It's a Love Problem. Now let's take a closer examination of the scripture Jesus said that I was sharing with you earlier. It's in Matthew chapter 22. It's verses 37 through 40. But I want to first take a step back to verses 37. Verse 37. Actually, I'm going to go to verses 22, 37 through 38. Just those two particular scriptures. Now, Jesus is saying the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all of your heart. That's the first part of it. Now, when he says to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, he means when you're looking at the heart, your inward man, your inner man, the center of your being. So you're to love the Lord your God with your everything that's inside of you, your inner being. That's the first part of it. To love the Lord thy God with all your heart. The second part says, you are to love the Lord your God with all your soul. Now your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. So again, you're looking at loving the Lord your God. Now remember, it is the, to love the Lord, the Lord your God, which means that you believe in him. You are a follower of him. You are in the household of faith. You are saved. So that's why the terminology said, Jesus said, you are to love the Lord your God with all your soul. That's your mind, your will, and your emotions. And as you can see, we're talking about the inside, the things you cannot see. And the third part, he said, to love the Lord your God with all your mind. Now, the mind is, in, is included in the soul. But what he means by this is your thought life, how you think, things that you meditate on in your mind. Because you first begin by meditating thing, about things and on things in your mind before you take an action. So what Jesus is saying here, he wants us, the greatest commandment, for us to fulfill the greatest commandment. We are to love him in those ways, all of which are the inner man with all your heart, all of your heart, which is the inner man, the center of who you are, the center of your being, all of your soul, which is your mind, your will, your emotions, which controls what you do, and all of your mind, your thought life. How are you thinking and how you think dictates what you do. So what Jesus is saying here is that everything within you is to love him. Selah. That's a Selah moment. A Selah moment means meditate on that. The second part of the scripture, again, we're looking at Matthew chapter 22, and we're going to look, look at verses 39 and 40. It says, love your neighbor as you love yourself. So your neighbor, we think in terms of that being an acquaintance, a colleague, someone that we know. But Jesus is saying, your neighbor is anyone who's in need. 
So you're to love those who are in need. And in many cases, they're people that you don't know. But they generally are people that you may pass by from time to time. You may have a chance encounter with them. That is a neighbor in Jesus' eyes. Talking about it's a love problem. So what Jesus is, how he's answering this and what he's sharing with us is that the greatest commandment is to begin by loving him. See, you can't love anyone else and not even yourself if you don't love God. And so he's breaking it down in a way that we're to understand what is important to him. Talking about it's a love problem. What's important to God is that we have the type of relationship with him. And this is the greatest commandment, which is a love relationship. One in which everything that that is within us loves him. And that sort of love is supernatural. It does not come natural to us. And we learn to love God in that way by spending time with him, by obeying him, by getting to know him, by experiencing our lives, every, every stage of our lives in and through him. Talking about it's a love problem. See, Jesus goes on to say in verse number 40, I'll go to 39 verse and then 40. Verse number 39, he says, and the second is like it because the person asked the question, the greatest commandment. What is the greatest commandment in the law? But Jesus went on to answer the second greatest commandment in the law. And he says, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And he says, all the law and the prophets Hang on these two commandments. Did you hear that? What he means by that is the entire Hebrew Bible is pointing to him. He's the fulfillment of that. All the law and the prophets hang on those two commandments. And he's the fulfillment of that. Let me back up a little bit on love your neighbors as yourself. I want to say one one more thing about that. When Jesus talks about loving your neighbor as you love yourself, remember, he's speaking of us loving people that in some instances we don't even know. And based on how we feel about ourselves, in most instances, people love themselves. There are some that may not love themselves, and that's a different issue. But what Jesus is talking about in general, when you love your neighbor as you love yourself, and I'm a back, I'm going to also back up for what he originally said about the greatest commandment being to love him with everything that's within you. A combination of loving God with everything that is within you, your heart, your soul, and your mind, and loving your neighbor as yourself, it really embodies who God is. See, 1 John chapter 4, verse 8, it reads, And this is the New King James Version Scripture. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. So what Jesus is speaking about here is we can only love if we know God, if we have a relationship with God. Those who do not have a relationship with God, they may think that they love, but the type of love is not the agape love 
the unconditional love that only we can experience through the love of God. And that's why the scripture says, he who does not love does not know God, for God is love. God is the essence of love. Talking about it's a love problem. See, the entire Hebrew Bible, as I said earlier, was pointing to the Lord Jesus. And when we talk about the entire Hebrew Bible, in that scripture, he said, all the law and the prophets. The law is the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible, which is the book of Moses, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Those are the first five books of the Bible. They're sometimes referred to as the book of Moses. They're also referred to as the law. So Jesus is the fulfillment of the law. Everything that was written about, whether it was the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible, or the prophets, everything that they were writing about, everything that they, they spoke about was fulfilled in the Lord Jesus. They were actually referring to him and didn't recognize it. He was the culmination of the law and the prophets. Talking about it's a love problem. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 7, and I'm going to read the Amplified Version of the Scripture. It reads, Then I said, Behold, I come to the throne in the scroll of the book it is written of me. To do thy will, O God. That scripture is spoken by the Lord Jesus, and he's speaking to his heavenly father. What Jesus is saying, and it's such a powerful scripture, is that everything that was written in him, written in, the, in, in those scrolls, in the book of the law, and what the prophets spoke about, he has agreed in this particular scripture in Hebrews 10, 7, to come to come to earth to redeem mankind. And he has been those, he has been a part of those who've been speaking of, what those have been speaking about for years before he shows up in earth, on earth. And it all was planned. And so in this scripture, Jesus is saying, behold, whenever the Bible says behold, that means take, take a look at this. Stop and, and pay attention to this. I come. In the Amplified Version, it says, to the throne, in the scroll. Now, the scroll is the parchment, that which they were writing about. He is actually that which they are writing about. Of the book, it is written. The book, the book of the law, is written about the Lord Jesus. So he's declaring here that he's coming in the full volume of the book that is written about him. Talking about a love, it's a love problem. So when God decided, and it was a decision that he made before the foundation of the world, to redeem mankind, the Lord Jesus was there. The God-man. He was, he was all God and he was all man. Because mankind had to be redeemed by, by a man. A man was the one, it was Adam and Eve, who fell, who ate of the fruit. And basically gave up what they had to Satan, the authority they had to Satan. It had to be brought back by a man. 
And that's why in Galatians 4, 4, it says, when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. Talking about it's a love problem. So Jesus is referring to this in this situation in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 7. Also, it's illustrated in John chapter 1, verse 45. I'm going to read the New Living Translation version of scripture. And it reads, Philip went to look for Nathaniel and told him, we have found the very person Moses and the prophets wrote about. His name is Jesus, the son of Joseph from Nazareth. Did you hear that? Philip knew, and he said that to Nathaniel, that they found, really in his particular case, he was, he was referring to the Messiah, the one that Moses had written about, the one that the prophets had written about. And he said his name is Jesus. Talking about it's a love problem. Now, how can we live these commandments as the Lord Jesus is expecting us to do? The greatest commandment and the second greatest commandment. We can only live it in him, in Christ. Because he is the way, the truth, and the life. As John 14, 6 says, no one can come to the Father but through the Lord Jesus. And so we can only live this way, the way that our Lord expects us to live. We can only live this way through him, through a relationship with him, through abiding in his presence. Talking about it's a love problem. See, the God of this world, he hates God. He hates the people of God and he hates the things of God. And the God of this world is Satan. He's the prince of the power of the air. And he is the one who operates in the sons of disobedience. The people that we see who are operating in an anti-God manner. In a way in which they hate God, the people of God, the things of God. And even in a, in a way of being a tyrant. That tries to dictate what people do. Try to squeeze them out of their freedoms. And out of the joy that they have. It's not flesh and blood we are dealing with. But we're dealing with those who, are, who have given themselves over. To the prince of the power of the air. The god of this world. To Satan. Satan deceives people into believing God's word. Cannot be trusted. And God can't be trusted. He is a deceiver. In Genesis chapter 3, verse number 1, and I'm going to read the New King James Version of the scripture. It reads, this is when Satan first approached Eve and he made this comment to her, this question rather. He said, has God indeed said you should not eat of every tree of the garden? This is when the fall took place. This is when Adam and Eve rebelled against God and listened to Satan. And this is the conversation that Satan had with Eve when he asked her that question. What he was doing there is that he was casting doubt on the word of God. And he does that even today. 
Satan suddenly will suggest, or you can get even thoughts in your mind of doubting what God said in his word or doubting a promise that God made you, which came from his word. Whenever that, that doubt comes about what God has said in his word or a promise that God has made you that you may be waiting for years to come to pass, but you know it came from God and you're holding on to it. Just know those are the subtle wows of the wicked one. He's very subtle with those sort of things to cast doubt because what he wants to do is to remove any credibility that God has with his people and even other people, people who may be inclined to even be open to God or the things of God. So we have to be very careful of our thought life. That's why in the greatest commandment, Jesus said we're to love him with all our mind because many of the thoughts that come through our mind, we have to filter and know the thoughts that are coming from us because it's just the way we think ourselves, the thoughts that are coming from the enemy and the thoughts that are coming from God and the Holy Spirit. We have to know the difference. Talking about it's a love problem. I want to talk to those people today who may not know anything about this God, may not be interested in knowing him, is listening to this message only because someone sent it to them and they said they would listen. But as they began to listen, they did hear something that caught their attention. If you are that person, if you feel as if you've been doubting God or need a greater understanding of his love, just know that you're not listening to this by coincidence. You may have listened just to silence your friend from asking you each week to listen to a message like this. But just know that God is drawing you to himself and he wants you to come to him. So if that is you, repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I thank you for allowing me to hear this message today. And though I listened to it because I had a friend who kept asking me to do so, or I just happened to pull this up out of my phone because someone had sent it to me previously, and I don't even remember who it was, I want to thank you for loving me enough to draw me to you. Heavenly Father, I know that Jesus died for me on the cross, and I know that you raised him from the dead. And I'm asking you, Heavenly Father, to forgive me of my sin. I'm asking you, Lord Jesus, to save me. And I thank you for saving me. Amen. Thank you for joining us today for Phyllis is a New Creation. And remember, Phyllis is a New Creation exists so that you will know how to apply the word of God to your everyday life. Today's message is a love problem. Was created for us to understand that sometimes at the root of the problems that we have in life is a love problem. It's the fact that we don't love God. And God wants us to know that he loves us. And if we come to him, learn of him, learn that he loves us with an unconditional love and that he can show us how to live this life in a way that will not only be pleasing to him, but ultimately be pleasing to us, then we can have life and life more abundantly. You can find Phyllis's A New Creation in Google Podcast. Just search for Phyllis's, P-H-Y, 
L L I S apostrophe S A N U A N E W Creation C R E A T I O N. And don't forget to put the word podcast after your search. I want to thank all of you who have been listening to Phyllis is a New Creation and been passing along the link to other people. Please keep doing that because the more people that hear Phyllis is a New Creation and the more they're sending out to other people, the more likely that they will open up their heart and they will learn how to apply the word of God to their everyday life and they will walk with Jesus. They will sup with him and him with them. For those of you who'd like to plant seeds into Phyllis is a New Creation, I have a cash app. And my cash app is dollar sign P-A-N-E-W-C. That's dollar sign P-A-N-E-W-C. And for those of you who'd like to write Phyllis is a New Creation, my address is 4846 North University Drive, Suite 237, Lauder Hill, that's L-A-U-D-E-R-H-I-L-L, Florida, 33351. Again, that's Phyllis is a New Creation, 4846 North University Drive, Suite 237, Lauder Hill, L-A-U-D-E-R-H-I-L-L, Florida, 33351. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for drawing us here today, Lord, to hear you, Lord. And whether a person is listening to this message during the day, in the evening, or at night, God, let them know that you are always there. You never sleep and you never slumber. And I pray that every soul that hears my voice today would draw closer to you, God, and allow the King of glory to come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord God, strong and mighty. The Lord God, mighty in battle. Amen. Have a wonderful day.